This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. We have another great interview for you today. Lisa Burkhart Worley, San Antonio. You're going to recognize and remember her from when she was a Ken's Five sports anchor for many years here. She's been all around the nation and many things now doing a lot of ministry. You're going to really enjoy meeting her. One of the things I want you to watch for, she's going to talk about two different people that specifically impacted her in her life. Will you listen for that? Because they were very bold. That's the name of the radio show. And I want you to think about people that have been very bold in your life. Maybe they have shared Jesus with you in some way that has inspired you and driven you to Jesus. I would love to hear that. So you can email me, steve at verybold.com. As you listen to our interview, catch those two people that just said something very simple that changed her life. And tell me how someone has changed your life just by being very bold. I want to give a quick shout out to somebody who was very bold with me. And that is my sister, Kathy Langford, uh, and her husband, Rob, who have been longtime supporters of Very Bold Ministry. But before that, my sister shared Jesus with me. And I just want to give thanks to her for being very bold with me when I didn't want to hear it. But she would share it with me and it helped impact and change my life. So thank you, Kathy. I love you and Rob. And thank you for supporting Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Now, listeners, tune in as we talk to Lisa Burkhart Worley and listen for those people who helped impact her life. years, both the Giants and the Jets have played their home games here at the Meadowlands. Now, you might think because a football game is a football game, going to see the Giants or the Jets would be a similar experience. If you did, you're wrong. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast, and I'm very excited to have Lisa Burkhart Worley with us today. Uh, Facebook Live already knows a little bit about Lisa because I've been reminding them when uh, when I first moved to San Antonio in a little while ago. Uh, Lisa was on Ken's Five as a sports anchor, which I just thought was incredible and was groundbreaking. Uh, she's had a big career in television, ESPN, the Madison Square Garden Network, HBO Sports, Inside the NFL. She's done it all, and God has ha- has you in ministry now these yes. days, which is incredible. You're no longer in San Antonio. You're up in the Metroplex area. Lisa, there's so much to ask you about, but I, I want our people to know. I want them to know your heart, you know, the only father I ever knew in that Bible study that's coming with that, knowing the father. Where does this come from, the only father I ever knew? Can you share that with us? Sure. It is my heart. Um, I, As I said, I grew up in San Antonio, and my dad was a doctor here in San Antonio. He was over in the Alma Heights area, had okay. an office on Austin Highway, so people know in San Antonio where that is. Right. 
And my father was also a competitive polo player. So every Sunday afternoon, he would go compete at Brackenridge Park. There, You may know that there's a polo, a former polo field there. And, and so my mom would go and watch him. My half-sister was there. I had uh, other relatives there. I didn't even realize until recently that my grandmother was there. You know, a lot of relatives were yeah. there. But one day, something went horribly wrong on the polo field, mm. Steve. Uh, my father clutched his chest. He um, uh, had chest pains and fell off his polo pony. Uh, they called you know, emergency medical personnel. Uh, and he did not make it to the hospital. He oh died gosh. of a massive heart attack at age 39. Can you imagine? Here's the thing. My mother was pregnant with me. And two oh, months later, wow. I was born. Uh, I was born fatherless. Uh, right. My mother... Never recovered from that. It was a very emotional, as you can imagine, traumatic mm-hmm. experience for her. Mm-hmm. She spent the rest of her life um, anesthetized on prescription meds. Mm-hmm. She drank early on. And mm-hmm. off and on, I, uh, we would live with my grandparents. Uh, they lived over by Jefferson uh, in that area. And, and so we would go back and forth because mom couldn't make it. At, at some point, we did uh, end up just from fourth grade on living over in Alma Heights in the house that my father had uh, bought. Wow. Yeah, but it was it was nice on the outside, but very threadbare on the inside. Mom, you know, mm-hmm. um, just just didn't have enough money to to maintain it. And so, for me, I always say my life was kind of like Groundhog Day. Uh, you remember that movie? Oh, well, I love that <laughs> movie. Bill, yes. Bill Murray, and you know, er, every day he'd go out. He's a meteorologist, and every day he'd go out to do this story on Groundhog Day. It was the same day over right. and over and over again. You know. Um, and that's the way my life was. Every day, my mom would be sitting in a mm. chair, smoking a cigarette and drinking a drink and mm. looking at me with kind of a, you know, just a, a pleasant but blank stare. And then when I come back, it, she'd be in that same chair, smoking that same cigarette and drink. So, um, wow. so my mom, as it turned out, you know, I felt, I will say I felt alone. Um, I felt unloved for many. I had a grandmother that loved me dearly and an aunt and uncle that loved me. But, you know, in the day to day, your mom was not capable. She wasn't capable of loving. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, my mom turned out to be my greatest fear. And I had a fear of being anything like my mother. Mm. And so it's a fear that made me an overachiever. Ah. It drove me. Uh, I did have a friend that actually um, turned around and asked me if I wanted to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was a freshman in high school at Alamo Heights High School. I'll never forget that day. Five minutes left to go in English class. And she turns what? around. Uh, we were done, you know, with the classwork. And she turns around, asks me, Lisa, would you like to pray a prayer to receive Jesus? And I said, why not? You Wait know, I, I, I'd, never, I'd never been to church. You know, I, I mean, I'd, every you know, Easter and Christmas, you know, that's it. Wait, time out. You're <laughs> kidding me. I mean, we talk about like lifestyle evangelism and building yeah. relationships and, yeah. and leading up. And you're just saying that this, she just turned around as bold as she could what? be age 14, you know, and, and asked me if I wanted to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And let me just say something about wow. that. Wow. I did run. I did go away from it for a while. But let me just say something This is the foundation I went back to. She not only uh, uh, led me to Christ, Steve, that family, her and her family, they went to, and I'm going to say the church because I went over there and it's a, n- a different name now, yeah. <laughs> Castle Hills Baptist. They, they took me to this church on yeah. a Northwest Military Highway every Sunday. They would pick me up. By that time, we were living in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And every, every wow. Sunday, my friend Leslie or her mother, even when Leslie couldn't, her mother would come get me. Yeah. And they would take me to church every Sunday. And I would spend all day Sunday with them. And she was a great cook. I was so excited because we didn't always eat that well. And right, so right. and so she had made these casseroles. And I would spend all day Sunday at Glinda's feet. I would just 
ask her a million mm. questions about the faith because I was so starved for it. Oh, my God. She was a Bible teacher. And so yeah. I was so starved to know. Sometimes Leslie would be off doing her thing, and I would be at her mother's feet. And I really bonded with her mom. And, and so uh, it was through that experience. And I was really on fire for the Lord in high school. But then I went off to college. And you know how college is sometimes. Right. You, I, went, I fell away. And I not only fell away in college, but for 17 years, really. Yeah. And I pursued that career in sports casting. Yeah. So it was I was a you know a groundbreaker in that, and, um, and not many were doing it when I did it. No. And, uh-huh. and so um, I, I I I sought after it. I really felt like this is what I was supposed to do. And and as I look back, I think God planted that in my heart sure. because He wanted to use this platform. He yeah. uses how He trains us uh, for His ultimate purpose for our lives. And so I um, I went up to North Texas, which uh, is a great radio TV film school in, in okay. Denton. And right. it's funny, I always thought I'd be in Dallas as a sportscaster, but right. I ended up going back as a minister. So, you know, figure that one out. You're and right. so, uh, so I went and uh, uh, did the training there and went and, and worked on uh, the ABC affiliate in Dallas and was an intern, but got to report there for about seven months. Yeah. So that was a great break. And uh, then ended up getting a job, a, a real job, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, before I came back to San Antonio, where my mother was. Right. You know, I didn't have anything to do with my mother in those years. Mm-hmm. I was a runner. You know, I talked to her some, mm. but I really didn't spend any time with her. Mm. You know, I just didn't want to be associated yeah. with it. And that's a terrible thing. You know, I'm confessing that. That was wrong. I was, I'm very repentive about that. And I, mm. I would, you know, knowing what I know now, I would never have done that. But I was a lost kid. I had gone, gone away from the faith. And I wasn't regularly at church or in a Bible study or anything right. like that. So I get uh, some breaks. You know, I'm at Ken's TV and I get some breaks. And, and one of those breaks was to work for HBO Sports on a show called Inside the NFL. It's a huge break. And, and this is a funny story because when my agent called me about this, I said, I would, I would really love to do that, but there's one problem. I am like seven and a half months pregnant, and I'm not <laughs> sure they're going to get past this, this big belly of mine. And, and he goes, let's just try it. So I, I flew up to New York City the last week that I could fly, you know, wow. and I learned a valuable lesson. Don't take your shoes off on a plane when you're pregnant because I couldn't put them back on. My feet swelled up so bad. Yeah. But uh, I did a lot of research. I was interviewing a guy named Marty Glickman, who was the voice of the Jets and mm. uh, Giants for a while. And he was in the, the Olympics at one point. And he actually was uh, uh, not allowed to compete. It was during the time of Hitler and he was Jewish. Wow. And, yeah. and so I learned all this about Marty. I love Marty. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I got a chance to interview this guy. I have Jewish roots. My father was Jewish. And so it was really, you know, here I am, this Jewish girl um, <laughs> interviewing Marty Glickman, this great Jewish uh, man of faith. And and um, and then uh, Ross Greenberg, a Jewish man as well. But wow. he was the executive producer of HBO Sports. And they liked me. Yeah. I had good favor with them. And they they hired me. And so after the pregnancy, after I had my baby, you know, eight weeks later, here I am going off for wow. HBO Sports. And then I had an opportunity a year later to work for the Madison Square Garden Network in New York City. And that was a great job. I was on the Knicks, the Rangers, and the Yankees games. Yeah. And yeah. and so yeah, Marv Albert would say, let's go to Lisa Burkhardt, you know, at the <laughs> MSG Sports Desk and see, you know, what we, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So I would be the one that did the cut-ins in all the games. Right. And so that was fun. But then uh, then one week, uh, the bottom dropped out of my life. It's mm. when um, I didn't get renewed on either my HBO contract or my MSG contract. Mm. It was happened in the same week. Oh, man. Um, HBO was hard because I know I did a good job on that. And, right. in fact, the executive producer said, "You, Lisa, you know what work you did. We weren't looking to replace you. Mm. But then he said a name that was, you know, bigger than mine that was on CBS Sports person on CBS Sports wanted to do it. And so it was like. That was Who was hard. that? I'll, I'll say. I say Andrea Joyce. Andrea okay, Joyce. Wow. 
I actually replaced Andrea at MSG, and then Andrea replaced me on HBO Sports. And so, and then how devastating when you're doing a great job, and they just say, "Well, it's nothing about you. It's just yeah." This that was a hard way to lose a job. That's that's television. That's (laughs) That's media. Yeah, and you know, you can lose. You can do the best job possible, but you can lose your job because research shows that you know maybe the audience, certain audience, isn't you know liking you as well. Wow, it's a very hard business, but I loved it. That's cutthroat. It sounds like it was hard. And so I was I was reeling, yeah. just reeling. And I, I didn't know if I'd work in the business again. And, and um, you know, I was lost. I didn't know uh, what to do. And yeah. my husband said, we got to move. We, we can't afford our house in Westchester County, a very right. expensive part of New York. And we got to move further out. We got to move to Connecticut. And we want to get a little closer to ESPN in case, in case I can hook on with them. And, yeah, good idea. And, Bristol. Yeah, 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 near Bristol. And so um, I, I was reluctant because I love New York. I actually did. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the energy of New York and of the, course. the shows yeah. and you know the shopping it, and the right? food, everything. Right. I loved it. I, uh, this Texas girl really loved this wild city. Yeah. But I didn't win that one. And so, you know, he was the one that had to support us now. We yeah. didn't have my income. So we went up to Connecticut, Trumbull, Connecticut, found a rental house. And, and it was during that time I went back to church. You know, really? when you're lost and you're searching, the church is a good place to go. And yeah. and so we went to this little church and I, I did one of these back when we had the yellow pages. And I went like this and I landed on a church in Fairfield, Connecticut. And I, I said, we're going to that one. And so I think God, you know, let my he te- had my finger. Remember the old saying, "Let your fingers do the walking." Oh, of and course, so, yeah, I that's do. Old. I do. <laughs> but he, he he pointed me to that church wow. because a woman came up to me, an older woman, and she said, "Now I'm that older woman, probably." But she came up to me and she said, "Honey, we've got a, a young mom's Bible study, and we would really love for you to join them. And I know you didn't you'd like these women. I'm going to introduce you to some of these women." And so I went and joined this Bible study. And I studied the Bible for the very first time in my life. Yeah, and it was a Bible study on the Book of John. And later I thought, you know, it's just like God to reach out to this lost child, this prodigal child yeah. with the love gospel. Mm. Out of his love, he, was, he had to do some tough love, mm. you know, and discipline me and then reach me out to get me because he had a plan for my life right. and pull me back. And so during that time, um, he told me that he had given me a national platform mm. to glorify him. He began to speak he began to, to he you. He began to speak I mean, to me. Yeah. I felt like he was saying, and, and, and let me tell you, sometimes it's not an audible voice. It, right. What it is, it's an impression in your spirit, and you, and you read the word, and, and the, the Lord will speak to you through his right. Holy Spirit. And I don't want people to think that I'm always hearing an audible voice. That's yeah. not necessarily true but you know when it's god because it's like whoosh, you know it comes from this other place right. that you know you're not even thinking about that and right and so uh he said i gave you a national platform to glorify me but but you didn't do it so i Whoa. had to take it wait away. wait time yeah. out he said that i mean like but you didn't do it it yeah. was very corrective yes it was very corrective wow. and, and um i had to take it away from you to get your attention because I was asking questions. You know, we all ask questions. Right. Why would you do this to me? Right. Why would you allow this to happen? This is my livelihood. Right. You know, this is my. This is how I'm gifted. You know, why would this happen? Even though I hadn't been following him. Right. So he finally was answering those questions. Wow. So at that moment, it was like a light bulb went off. You know, sometimes when God convicts you of something that you didn't realize you had done. Right. It was like, oh, and I thought, I am so sorry. Um, and I was I just said, look, if you give me another chance as a sportscaster, not only will I give you my career, I'm going to give you my life. Mm. And that day with tears rolling down my face, I, I just surrendered everything to, mm-hmm. to, to Jesus. Yeah. And so it was a week later, I get a call from my agent and um, he said, do you want to work for ESPN? Yeah, they want you to freelance for them. Are you interested? And I went, 
Yeah. 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 I think I didn't pray about that. I should have, you know, but I just immediately, I knew that that came from God because he heard my repentant, repentant heart. And so I went to work for ESPN. That was really wild because uh, with reporters, they would call me and they say, hey, you got to be in Hartford in two hours. I had a little baby. You remember I had a boy. Mm -hmm. He was eight months old or so by the, and uh, so uh, it was like, oh, actually it was older than that. I was three. And so I'm like, uh, let me get a babysitter. Okay, I'll be there. And so they would just give you a moment's notice, and wow. you were just flying to wherever. Yeah. So I did that for about six months, and I got a call from the news director at Ken's. Okay. And he had heard that I'd lost my job. And he said, would you like to come back to Ken's and take over the noon and six again? Because um, I heard you didn't get renewed, and just yeah. wanted to see if you'd come back. Yeah. And the old Lisa would have never gone backwards. Yeah. You know, the old Lisa would have said, you know what? My goal is to be a sports center anchor. I'm going to do everything I can. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll t- take the overnight, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. to uh, to reach this goal. Right. But the new Lisa said, what do you want me to do? Oh, man. Yeah. What do you want me to do? The new surrendered Lisa. Yeah. And I, what came to me is if they offered me sports center, I'd stay. But if they didn't offer me sports center, it was my sign to go. Yeah. So I told them I had the offer. And a week later, they called me into the office. This is a, like the godfather of ESPN. Yeah. His name was John Walsh. Okay. And um, he called me in. Uh, I don't think he's there still, but he said, Lisa, I'm so sorry. We can only offer you a full-time reporting job here at ESPN at this time. So I want to offer that to you. And um, I said, I'm sorry. I've got to turn wow. it down. Was that hard at all it for was, you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was hard. Yeah. But you know what? I knew that was God's message right. to me. It right. was like if I feel, felt like if I'd stayed, I would have been disobedient because right. that was a deal I, I felt like right. we were making here. And so I went home. And, and it was, that year was mm. a big year. I went to every Dallas Cowboys game. I followed them to the Super Bowl. The Spurs went to the playoffs, and uh, I went to the playoffs with the Spurs. I went to winter, the Winter Olympics right. in Lillehammer, Norway. Lisa in Lillehammer. I remember <laughs> that yeah, so well. And, um, but it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. He brought me home to face my greatest fear. That's what God does. He, he sometimes wow. he takes us back because he wants us to heal from that wound. He wants us to face our greatest fears, and mm-hmm. he gives us the strength to do that. He had strengthened me so that I could do this. And so I came back, and, and, I, and my greatest fear was being anything like my mother. Mm-hmm. So he brought me back to honor my mother for the first time in my life. My mother by that time was in a group home down south side of San Antonio. And honoring my mother meant taking her things for, that she needed, uh, yeah. visiting her regularly, taking her grandson to see her, uh, uh, providing um, uh, clothes, whatever it was she needed, yeah. money, clothes. Yeah. And, and during that time, I was doing Bible study. I was still doing Bible study. I was a, bio, a nerd for the word. Yeah. You know, I love yeah. the Bible to this day. I yeah. mean, I just can't wait to get in the Bible and see what God has to say. And, and so um, during that time, I was reading the book of Romans. And it was during that time he showed me how much all the sinfulness I, I did all mm. in my life, and especially mm. in college, and how he'd forgiven me for all that. Mm. And I realized at that time, who was I not to forgive my mother? Mm. And there may be people listening right now who need to forgive sure. somebody. Yeah. And God forgives us so much. It says in his word, you know, he forgives us, so we should for- forgive others, right. right? No matter what they've done. And honoring my mother, you know, the, the Ten Commandments, in the Ten Commandments, it says, honor your father and mother. And it doesn't say honor your father and mother if they've been great parents. Mm. <laughs> you know, honor mm. your father and mother if they loved you unconditionally. Honor your father and mother if they provided for you. No, it just says mm. honor your father and your mother. And so it doesn't have those conditions on there. Mm-hmm. So I had to give my mother unconditional love, and I did begin to love her. And, and she only lived another year and a half. She was a heavy 
chain smoker right. and that got to her. But during that time, there was, there was reconciliation. Mm. And I began to love my mother unconditionally. And, and I think that's so important. And I don't think God could use me in ministry, Steve, if I hadn't taken that step. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have had that hanging over me during that time. Wow. I, I yeah. had to be obedient and come back yeah. and, have, and, and honor my mom. So that's kind of my story. It was, was after that. that was that yeah. very hard for you? I mean, just loving her at that point, or were you just in a new place with understanding the forgiveness was, and grace? And yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. I think I was in a new place, and I was yeah. growing spiritually, yeah. and I was understanding the things of God more and how God looks at life, not how Lisa looks at life. Right. And so I think through the Bible study and through regular church attendance, and, yeah. And all these kinds of things. And, yeah. and he was graduate. I was actually, I started in what I call the school zone because I knew nothing about the Bible, right? Yeah. And so I started teaching um, Sunday school every Sunday. It was all I could commit to because yeah. I was on the air still, weekends, right. nights. You know, right. I couldn't commit Crazy. to anything. Yeah. I, my schedule was dictated by the sports schedule. We planned our babies around the Spurs season. I mean, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. um, I, I did the Sunday morning. That's all I could commit. And I taught Sunday school for 10 years. And I learned right along with them. Of course, right. Yeah, I had yeah. to prepare. I learned about the Bible. Yeah. And then he gradually started, you know, he had to take me out of television in order to call me into the ultimate purpose of my life. Yeah. And he called me to seminary and during that time. Wow. And I started going to seminary part-time. That's a whole nother, we don't have time to get into that, that call <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he called me into that because he, I think he knew I needed a... Um, some uh, degree underneath my writing. And so I think that's what happened. And then he called me eventually uh, to start this ministry, Pearls of Promise, to help women overcome past dysfunction because uh, I want women to um, have an abundant life. I loved my mother, and at the end of my life, I reconciled with my mother, but I don't want people to end up like that. Yeah. At the end of my mother's life, uh, I think I told you this before, but she had, they they handed me a shoebox, the caregiver at her group home, and they said, here's your mom's stuff. Everything she owned fit in a shoebox. Mm. I thought they would need trucks, you know, to get all the right. stuff out of my house. Right. Right. Um, and it's not about material things. That's not what no, I'm saying. No. But, it, but that showed me that was her life. She didn't ever break mm. free. And so I want to help people break free. Mm-hmm. And that's my heart. That's, that's my passion. I think that's God's calling my life. He allowed some of these things to happen in my life because he wanted to use me to reach the kingdom, to reach people for him. Um, and I'm very, and I, of course, I want people to know Jesus because I was evangelized. And so I'm, I'm, right. I'm kind of, you know, this person who has a ministry that it's about healing, but I'm also a person that wants to, people to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Right. Because I want, because it's not until you make that step that you can start to grow and understand these concepts. All right. We've got about two minutes <laughs> oh, left. Sorry, can you believe I'm a talker. it? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. In in two minutes with everything going on, I mean, yep. is there anything you want to just a message you want to get across in two sure. minutes? Well, it, uh, yeah, Steve, I'd yeah. love to talk about the books real quick. This is um, this is my most recent book. It has my story in the it. The only been... father I ever yes. knew for you listening to radio. I see a bunch of friends have joined us on Facebook Live. We're so glad you're here. Yes. So can you read that sideways? I'm sure I those cannot. are some of your friends. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I need my reading glasses to do that. But uh, this is a book. I, I would love for you guys to read it. It's got my story running through it, my father's story, but it's really not about me. It's about mm. uh, sh- 
pointing people to God as Father. And we have 16 other fatherless testimonies in here. And I do use my story, and I use how he reached me. You know, God had me look back at my life and showed me all the times mm-hmm. that he was next to me. And I think people can relate to this. And the only and the other one yeah. that we're just about to release, and this is a proof, so it's got this real weird line across it. <laughs> um, but uh, this this is what this we're going to release the father. at the conference, Level Up Conference Ooh. that we're doing May 18th at Oak Hills Alma Ranch. I want you to come. It's on Eventbrite. But we're going to release this six-week Bible study called Knowing the Father. I said, I felt like he called me to do that as kind of something that goes with the book. Uh, But he gave me um, all sorts of uh, attributes of of him that he wanted people to know about. He's a pursuer of us. He's a forgiver. He's a teacher. He's a healer. He's a builder. And guess what? He's a lover. God loves us. His love, in fact, uh, Ephesians says, we need his power to understand how much he loves us. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. You know what Lisa is? You are a miracle. You <laughs> yeah, are a miracle. miracle, and I love it. You can register at Level Up San Antonio. You go to eventbrite.com, right? Will that's that do right. it, Lisa? Uh-huh. All right. I'm very excited. As I was saying, you are a miracle of God. And I think that uh, our women who are listening and our men who are listening, this is not just for women, right? This is the first co-ed conference that I've ever done. And I'm excited about that because we've got two great male speakers and and I want everyone to come. All right. So that's at Oak Hills Church, Alamo Ranch, May 18th, 2019. 9.30 to 4.30, there's worship, there's lunch. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be fantastic. All right, that's Lisa Burkhart Worley. Uh, You've known her from her work down here in San Antonio. Now she's doing ministry that is impacting lives and bringing healing, and you get to be a part of that through this conference and through the many books that you've written. Don't forget her website, their website, pearlsofpromiseministries.com. I am Steve Teal. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast, and I'm just so honored to have had you as our guest. Thank Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's been an honor as well. All right. We'll be back next week with another Difference Maker or another Bible teaching. Can't wait for now. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.